listening to The Real 96 Podcast, a deep dive into all the movies of 1996. Well, most of them, 25 years later. Now here's your host, Nathan Ludwig. Hump Day. Wednesday. That day of days, in the midst of the week, the Real 96 Podcast returns to you in your time of need with another horror podcast episode. We've been there. We did Hellraiser 4. We did Bordello of Blood. But guess what? It's Werewolf Wednesday. Do, 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 do. That's right. Werewolf Wednesday brings you Bad Moon, directed by Eric Red, starring Mariel Hemingway, uh, Michael Paré, and Thor the Dog, which was multiple dogs, but people just call that dog Thor the Dog. Uh, it's an awesome to have a werewolf movie where the hero is the dog. Uh, this is a kick-ass werewolf film. You know, some of that script and acting is a little weak, and some would say Mariel Hemingway's not exactly on her A-game. But the rest of the movie, Michael Paré is acting his ass off. The gore effects are fantastic. The werewolf suit is awesome. And I think that's what you come for for werewolf movies. It's not going to get mistaken for American Werewolf in London or The Howling anytime soon. But in a pinch, it'll do. I actually like this movie better than Silver Bullet, which is probably a blasphemy to some people. But um, Silver Bullet never tickled my fancy. Not a bad movie, just I think this movie's a ton of fun. If you can get past a few of its shortcomings, it's super short. It's like 80 minutes. You can just knock it out like like it's that. You sit on YouTube and watch three hours of stupid fucking videos. You can watch an 80-minute werewolf movie, okay? Don't look at me like that. Don't do it. All right, let's get into it. Chad and John, it is good to have you back on the Real 96 podcast. Uh, had you guys do episodes separately, but not together yet. Uh, Chad, you did From Dust Till Dawn. John, I believe, was Don't Be a Menace to South Central yes. while drinking your yes. juice in the hood, and y'all are back. So that means we're doing something right here. We are doing Bad Moon, which is a werewolf movie from the mid-'90s, 1996. It was released November 1st, 1996, which is a weird release date for... Right. A horror film. Why they didn't release this on Halloween or close to Halloween, I'll I'll never know. Um, <laughs> it made no money, probably partly because of that. People were probably fatigued on horror movies. Um, this is an oddity from the '90s. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to like about this movie, but there's also a lot of issues with this movie too. Um, and we'll get into that. But let's talk about your first encounters with Bad Moon. When did you guys first see this movie? And talk a little bit about what your first impressions were. I seen it probably, I don't know, I guess it's probably about 10 years ago for the first time. And I'm a really big fan of werewolf movies, Dog Soldiers, Silver Bullet, all that kind of stuff. Uh, where, you know, and and I I would definitely put this like in probably, you know, it would definitely be in my top five. Uh, I mean, my first initial reaction was I loved it. Uh you know, you think it's, it's, it, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's a werewolf movie, but it's about, it's more about a boy and his dog, you know? And, uh, I mean, I fell in love with it immediately. And after that, I was telling everybody, and I think maybe like a year later, I made my sister watch it. Who's not really big on horror movies and she loved it as well. 
so uh so yeah that's my story saw this movie uh late night on uh tnt uh on cable and of course it was like heavily edited but i really dug what the you know i really dug what the film what the film was about it wasn't until later where i watched the uh the uh the uncensored version with all the blood guts and the gore and the uh mild the mild nudity that's in it um i i think this is a really really cool uh werewolf film you know just like chad i'm into uh werewolf films i'm also big into monster movies and um you know what i really like about these kind of films and i'm sure everyone can agree it takes us back to a time in hollywood where they took a chance on high concept genre films um you know like you know you won't see too many films like these being made today unless you see them on like the shelf of like a Walmart, you know, so uh, I thought it was pretty good. I love the dynamic uh, of all the characters. Uh, Michael uh, Perrier, I think, uh, plays the lead along with uh, along with the, the dog Thor. I love the whole concept of, you know, of the of the uncle trying to come back into the into his sister's life. And he's you know, he thinks he can probably, you know, live a better life or be cured that way. Uh, but we find out that this whole family reunion actually goes right to hell. Um, but uh, yeah, I um, saw it back on TV and um, slowly grew into being a fan of it. I just got the Blu-ray from uh, from a Shout Factory or, or, or Scream Factory. If you haven't checked this movie out on Blu-ray, I highly recommend it. There's a lot of really cool special features on there. So when I, you know, this, I started working at a movie theater in 1996. And like I said, this came out november 1st so i had been working at the theater for over six months so i was kind of used to the ebb and flow of movies coming and going this movie kind of just was dropped into theaters like as an afterthought morgan creek the, the production company was and i think warner brothers distributed it um they were just like we don't know what to do with this m movie and I don't know why, because they missed the Halloween release date. And if I remember correctly, there weren't a ton of like Halloween releases. I think there was like the craft. And I think that was it as far as like Halloween centric releases that year. So I'm not quite sure why they missed the mark on that. It's still baffling to me. And I did some research on it and nobody seems to know why they released it on November 1st, uh, 1996. Opening night for this movie, I remember vividly, there was nobody in the theaters. There was nobody. Oh, it made it made 1.1 million total gross for its entire run. Uh, and it cost six or seven million dollars to make, which is a modestly budgeted studio film. I mean, even the director, Eric Red, went on record saying he was happy with his budget of six or seven million. He said, I can work with this, no problem. And they seemed to be pretty receptive to him. And his vision and adapting the book Thor, which is what it's based on. And, and the book is actually based, is, is from actually from the dog's perspective. It's, it's a first person dog perspective book, which I thought was really interesting. And there's a lot of stuff they kind of cut out of the book to make it more serviceable for the film. Uh, but the dog still comes across as the main character. But like nobody went to see this movie in the theater. They might, they might as well just release it on DVD uh, or VHS back then uh, right away. Because I just vividly remember walking in on that movie as an usher and seeing all these crazy gore effects, I'm like, wow, this movie's kind of badass. Like, why is there nobody in here? Like, there was nobody. It was gone in like two weeks. It was out of theaters in two weeks and, and you never saw it again. Um, I just, the gore effects in this movie are really, really good. The werewolf suit is great. Some of the morphing effects, you know, not so great. 
But the overall design of the werewolf, I think, is excellent. And that opening scene when Michael Paré is in the jungle with his girlfriend and the werewolf attacks and just grabs this woman and shreds her apart on screen. It's not cut. That is some gnarly shit right there. Really good stuff. One hell of a uh, that's one hell of an opening to a werewolf film. I remember seeing that and being like, "Oh my god, this is like like literally she's like it's throwing her around like a rag doll almost." You know, and she's like, there's blood going everywhere. Her body's like, you know, her naked body's flopping everywhere. Then just throws her and she like breaks on like the, uh, on the, on the forest floor. And I'm like, oh my God, super intense. Like you don't see that. They usually cut away when they, when they tear someone apart, but like you're actually seeing her get shredded. Like the, the, the makeup gore effects was just fantastic in there. And mm -hmm. uh, he grabs the shotgun and blows the werewolf's head off. Not not before he gets bitten and gets the curse, but talk right. about an opening sequence to like amp up the violence and the gore. Just just so well done. The uh, the kills in this movie are very vicious, and uh, I, for a studio mainstream movie, it's hard to find gore, uncut gore like this uh, done so effectively. Chad, you're a gore hound. Did you appreciate all that? Oh oh man oh yeah man. I mean I mean I think it. I think the movie still holds up with with you know a lot of stuff done today and i mean it's it blows away anything you know that C cgi has done because it's i mean it's real it's practical effects and uh the creativity that goes that goes into it and i mean it was authentic all the way down to you know to the wolf costume i've seen a lot of uh werewolf movies and i think the costume for the wolf is probably the best like even better than dog soldiers uh yeah yeah i mean hands down the that's probably the best werewolf i've seen in in a movie so yeah i mean i loved every aspect of it yeah and and, and i think uh, i think steve johnson uh was the one who created the werewolf uh for this film uh steve johnson in case anyone you know doesn't really know him he's done the effects for fright night uh he's done the effects for uh the abyss he's done the effects for um uh oh what's the what's the david cronenberg movie uh video drone yep yeah he's 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 really really skilled uh in his craft and the werewolf suit that he did making that film was absolutely fantastic so you know tops yep. off to him agreed yeah one of the things i saw in my research for this film is that a lot of the critics of the time were bagging on the werewolf suit and i was like what the, the, yeah, that's, I don't. That's like the best part of the movie is the werewolf design. I mean, it's up there. I mean, the transformation sequence at the end, I mean, you know, it's never going to take first place for that. But the actual suit itself in motion being shot looks great. I think it looks fantastic. And when, when you know, the, the climactic fight with Thor versus the werewolf, I mean, that's some brutal stuff. And, and, the, and they show the werewolf full on. It's not a bunch of quick cuts to hide the werewolf. They're proud of their suit and they show it off. And they should mm -hmm. because I think it looks fantastic. Um, and and the, uh, the wounds that Michael Paris had at the end where he goes and runs off into the woods and Thor follows him. You know, yes. you know, he has the wounds from Thor from that fight. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. knew he went through hell with that dog and it shows how yeah. badass the dog was that he put them on him. So, right. yeah. And I saw that there were three or four different dogs used in this movie. There was one main dog for like the close ups, 
and the like the acting part of the scene. And then there was there was one dog that was trained to be kind of an attack dog that was used for the fight. And then there was two more dogs, I think younger dogs that were used for kind of like faraway like scenes or like master shots. So they had a whole stable of dogs for this movie and, uh, you know, never work with animals and kids. And the whole focus of this movie is an animal and a kid. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got Mason Gamble in there, Dennis the Menace himself in like his yeah. like his like third film ever. Um, this is a very this is a very I don't say basic in a bad way. This is a very bare bones film. Um, right. start to finish. It's very elegant. It's 79 minutes, you know, full runtime with credits, which is very short for a theatrical film. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a uh, guy gets bitten by a werewolf when he's on excursion, his girlfriend gets murdered. He comes back. He's got the curse. He, he meets up with his sister and his uh, nephew and their dog. And he hopes that the power of love will cure him <laughs> from becoming, a, <laughs> becoming which a you're like, okay. Yeah, you that know, never works. You know, yeah. you kind of like, I appreciate your optimism, but dude, have you like, yeah. you read about werewolves? Like, you know. That's... Right, exactly. None of this, none of this is going to go the way you think it's going to go, man. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's there's a really good relationship between Thor, the dog, and Michael Perret's character where they're kind of like sussing each other out throughout the middle of the film. And the dog pretty much knows that he's a werewolf. And there's a scene where he actually does stumble upon him and sees, sees him as a werewolf or sees the werewolf. He's like, it's, it's you dude. You know, it's been you yeah, all like, my yeah. Like I, I think there's a scene where like, we're like, I, I think, you know, he's, he's kind of apprehensive to the uncle at first. Then he's just walking around and he sees like the guys like clothes on the ground. And he's like, Thor's like, Oh, that's weird. And he just looks up and there's like Michael Perrier as the werewolf handcuffed to a tree trying to pull himself off and like, uh, you know, like trying to free himself. Thor's like, what the hell? <laughs> then the werewolf sees Thor and Thor's like, I'm out. I'm not doing this. And just like ran back. And like, that's when that's was, that was their first encounter. He's like, nah, don't, don't trust this guy. No one. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is when Thor pisses on his, uh, his trailer. And then yes. later on in the movie, when Thor goes into the dog pound, uh, Michael Perry pisses into his dog house. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I could not stop laughing the first time I seen that. That was a good oh little, good yeah. little bit there. I like that a yeah. lot. He just pisses in his doghouse. I was like, yeah. there you go. that's when he kind of, that's when you kind of, he kind of goes from being sympathetic a little bit to like, okay, this guy's a dick. You know, yeah. he's, he, he's, he's enjoying being a werewolf. So, um, yes. Yeah. You know, not a high body count. But the counts kill in this movie. Every single one of them is super gory. Um, yeah. There's the uh, you know there's a couple little subplots here like like you like you mentioned Chad the uh, the the dog eventually ends up in the pound the let's let's address the elephant in the room Mariel Hemingway um, not the greatest actress in the world probably no. probably <laughs> no. probably brings the movie down and to be fair to her the screenplay isn't the best in the world. But if you have really good actors that can tear into it, you can come overcome that. But yes. it seems like Mariel Hemingway is just kind of like, you know, what? She's just yeah. there. What? You know, Michael Pere is acting his ass off, like turning into a werewolf. And she's kind of like, what's going on? Like, it's right. just, <laughs> she's not, she's, I don't think she's, I mean, I don't mean to bag on people, but she's really never been that good. Like Superman 4, you know, uh, some of the other stuff she's been in, she's clearly not there you know, to, 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 to turn in a virtuoso performance. So I don't know. She kind of brings this movie down a little bit for me. Just I agree. Her, 
her facial expressions are just like confusion, you know, or just whatever. And it's just, right. and there's a lot of close-ups on her, you know, she's kind of technically the star, even though she shouldn't be. Um, yeah, just, she didn't do it for me. Mason Gamble was fine. He's a kid, you know, he does what he can. He doesn't really have a ton of lines in this movie. Uh, but yeah, she's definitely the weak point of the film for me, at least. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's that subplot with the um, the kind of the shyster salesman who shows yep. up, the flopsy, and she's a yeah, lawyer. Yeah. That's the whole setup for the film is that he's trying to sell these books or whatever, and he tries to make it look like it's a, he's a legitimate salesman, and he kind of antagonizes the dog into biting him or attacking him, and he kind of is like, I'm going to sue. I'm going to call a lawyer. And she's like, well, I'm a lawyer. I call bullshit. You know, you're just you're just trying to, you know, get a lawsuit out of us. And he's like, you know, I'll be back. And he does come back. And he gets killed brutally, like la- later on in the Horribly. film. Horribly, how oh. he gets thrown into the woods. Oh mm-hmm. my god, yeah. he gets he gets ragdolled into the woods, like in a video yep. game. Um, and my favorite, I, w- I want to make a meme or a gif of this, is when he gets when the werewolf shows up. He thinks it's the dog. He turns around the werewolf. He goes, "Oh what?" <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional or unintentional, but it made me. I want I rewound it like ten times because it was so yeah. funny. Like his reaction, like that. That was that was good stuff. But yeah, he gets shredded. Um, there's a power line repairman, like kind of like a like a utility repairman that's out in the woods. He that he get, was probably one of the best deaths. Well, well, well. I mean, it's not really gory, but the whole setup to that death, I yes. thought was really really cool. Really cool. And then Thor kind of finds his remains later on. Yep. And uh, that's some nasty shit right there. That's like predator level gore right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like finding that poor guy's body. And did I miss a kill? There's at least one more one more kill. I think. Does, uh, does Michael? No. No, he kills. No, I don't think so. Guys. That's pretty much the, it, right? Yeah. 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 The girlfriend yeah. at the first. And then, yeah. Yeah. And those then are, those two guys. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a surprisingly low body count. But like I said, they make up for it in quality of special effects which i think counts for something yes so where do we rank where do we rank bad moon let's do a ranking let's do our rankings how are we going to rank what's our top 10 werewolf movies you go first chad oh man uh i I would say probably my favorite is dog soldiers Mm -hmm. i would rank that number one uh you know silver bullets in there werewolves and uh werewolf from london uh, i'm trying to think of some more uh oh man <laughs> i'm drawing a blank here uh you ain't got no love for the house no. oh yeah yeah I, oh man yeah i've damn chad john's <laughs> like don't forget the howling I oh know, yeah man. i mean yeah that's definitely up there <laughs> uh what about like what about like late phases? Have you guys seen late phases? Oh, oh yeah. yes, I forgot yes. about that. Yeah, that's yeah. up there. That's yeah, uh, I dug. Yeah, I, I dug the whole concept of uh, of uh, late phases. The uh, werewolf looked a little bit like a gremlin, but you know, yeah, yeah, they all can't be great. They all can't uh, be great. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Wolf with Jack Nicholson. I thought that one was done pretty well. That's a fun one. Yeah, yeah uh, man, I haven't I haven't heard of that one in a while. Yeah, a Monster Squad. Of course, I mean that wasn't the the main, you know, that wasn't the the no, main storyline. But, but a really good werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Ginger Snaps. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, you know. Uh, 
of course, there's always Teen Wolf, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that's really considered like a horror movie, but but I would say with Bad Moon, I'd probably put it like in the low 10, you know. Like 7, 8, 9, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I would say around 7 or 8, 9. I, I would go with my first one would definitely be Dog Soldiers, which still to this day is still my favorite. So, yeah, that's where I'm at on that one. That's hard to top dog soldiers. That just, yeah, that movie is. is just pure yeah. pure genre fun from start to finish, and it knows and, and, it, what it and, is. You know, even even the werewolf in Bad Moon is better than the werewolf in Dog Soldiers, but it's just the the thought. I know we're not talking about dog soldiers, but just the thought of just the the amount of action and violence that in that movie is just way over top, and that's why I love it so much. So. You don't yeah. see a lot of the werewolves and dog soldiers until the very, very end. True. Um, and they're much darker, too, so they're kind of harder to see. So, yeah, I, I would agree um, just being able to show off the werewolf and bad moon a lot more because it's a lighter yeah. werewolf. And where do you guys stand on, on a fur color of uh, a werewolves? This is an interesting question. Do you like your werewolves darker do you, or do you like your werewolves more silvery, like kind of like silver bullet or bad moon? I thought, you know, I thought that the, the fur color on this one was pretty cool because um, you don't really see too many silver werewolves. You saw it in the Van Helsing uh, movie and mm -hmm. you saw silver werewolves in Dog Soldiers, too. I think, Chad, right. Were they kind of silvery? You know, I don't really. I, I'm sorry, John. You say part two. No, 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 oh, no, and oh, uh, no, and uh, oh, in, yeah, in, yeah, and in, 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 in Dog Soldiers, I think those werewolves were like silvery, yeah. kind of white too, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they okay, were. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a fan of of like darker of like darker color werewolves. Uh, you know, the like black. You know, the uh, because I, I like the werewolf from uh, Silver Bullet, which some would say that that wasn't really a werewolf; it's more like a were bear. But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, you know, let's say I, you know, I, I like, you know, I, I do like, you know, my werewolves to be a little dark because they kind of blend blend the shadows more. But what was cool about the werewolf in this film is that they, if you if you notice the lighting in the woods, and and this kind of kind of kind of lent itself to the color of the wolf as well. It was very very bright at night, yeah. like you could see for miles. And when they showed the wolf, it almost looked like it just organically fit in there and stood out from like the fading background into darkness. So I thought that was a cool, as a cool artistic choice. You know, maybe they were like, look, we paid this much for this werewolf. You're going to fucking see it. Yeah. Um, you know, they probably had that kind of mentality. But no, you know, um, I, I think, you know, I think it all, all depends on what you're on what you're trying to uh, do with the concept. But yeah, I'm more of a fan of like, you know, darker werewolves. I'm I'm with John. I'm 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 a bigger fan of like the darker werewolves, you know, more like the the brown. I guess I kind of like more like the brownish color, you know, right. kind of like a bear color. Yep. Uh, dark. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm with John on that one. Um, you know what? An underrated, under the radar werewolf is from Underworld Evolution, the second one. Um, William the werewolf. Yes. I think I think it's a pretty badass werewolf too. Um, yes. Does not get enough love, but I just wanted no. to po point that out. That yeah. I don't think a, I ever seen that one. You should watch oh, it. One of the man. bad guys yeah, is absolutely. a werewolf. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the whole thing is werewolves versus vampires. Have you seen the first one? 
Yeah, I've seen the first one. Yeah, it was right. good. I enjoyed it. Second one is pretty good. Third one is not bad. I think after that is where they fall off. Is that oh, yeah. oh oh yeah? They go they go they go the Resident Evil uh, route after mm-hmm. uh, after the third one. Yep. Third yeah. one is like a medieval prequel. It's got and it's yep. it's heavy on the werewolves, vampires, action stuff, which I appreciated. Um, which which also kind of shows you know how like they introduce the werewolves who can turn. And then the werewolves, who are just these beasts that like mm-hmm. lurk in, in in the in the woods. You know, that's one of the things. That's one of the concepts I did like about that film was, you know, they had they had werewolves, and then one day a werewolf gave birth to like a human baby, or it looked like a human baby, and the vampire was like, "What?" And then they used that werewolf to bite other people to make them hybrids who can mm-hmm. change at will. Mm-hmm. But you could be, but you could be a hybrid werewolf, or you could be like just a full beast werewolf. You couldn't be, you know, it had to be one or the other. So yeah. I did like how they introduced that concept in that film. Yeah, that was fun. It's a shame that uh, that franchise just kind of fell off after part three. Um, yeah. yeah, four and five were not not good, um, unfortunately. But yeah, werewolves are werewolves are weird uh, subgenre of horror films because unlike vampires and zombies. Werewolves still, I don't think, have had their day. Oh, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't either. There's never been a werewolf craze or a werewolf renaissance uh, in film. I don't think they're just kind of always been there. Um, you could say maybe Twilight, maybe with the werewolves in Twilight, but I mean, not everybody's a fan of that franchise. I, I feel like outside of that, there really has never been like a like a Walking Dead slash Twilight kind of vampire werewolf i mean vampire zombie craze do you guys agree or disagree oh no i, I totally agree yeah, yeah it, it um, seems like they just kind of they show up more it seems like to me they show up more in b movies and they're just right. kind of like they're just scattered out they're not you know like you ha- you always you always have a zombie movie i mean always especially in b horror but it's just with werewolf movies they're just it's just there's not a lot of them. They're just kind of sporadically in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that, um, I think at one point there was a sci-fi show that had werewolves, um, on it. I forget what it was, but these werewolves are more like giant wolves. Like, like, and and they walked on all fours. I forget what the name of the show is, but like it followed around this main character who got bit by a werewolf. And now she became this like, part of a clan of werewolves and it was kind of it was it was it was more kind of like like a like a drum like a drama type of show um i mean it, it didn't last i think you know but like one season but i think as far as werewolves go they were like mainstream i think that's that's one of the bigger ones on tv shows i remember uh being around um oh uh two really cool werewolf movies that just came out um the uh, werewolf of uh, of uh, 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 werewolf of, of Snow Hollow. That was good. I just watched that. Yeah, and uh, the werewolves within. I have yet to watch that, but it looks really good. That yeah, I haven't is, seen either one of those. That is a phenomenal horror comedy. I would highly recommend you guys checking it out. Nice. Uh, the the performances in there are amazing. It's pretty much a um, who. It's pretty much a who done it uh, type of film. And, uh, you know, it's just it, it's it's just a really, really, really good time. And in some ways, I feel like that it it surpasses the the hollow film 
because of the the better story and characters in Werewolves Within. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of one. What's up? Uh, Big Bad Wolf with Richard Tyson in it. Oh my God, I love that film. Yes. <laughs> Where he's trying to prove that his stepfather is a werewolf. Yeah, man. Yes, I totally <laughs> forgot about that one. Have you seen that one, Nathan? Oh, Richard Tyson is in it. I have to put this on my top of my list. Oh, oh dude, dude. Yeah, you've got to, Nathan, man. Nathan, it's a werewolf that talks. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's funny as hell. It's, I got, oh, my God, it's amazing. I, I got one for you guys. Um, is it is it Total Eclipse or Full Eclipse? The werewolf gangster movie with like oh, Mary, with, uh, Mario Van Peebles? Peebles? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, you know what always always got me? I was like, so these guys are like werewolves, right? Mm-hmm. How, what's up with like the random like panther sounds or the random like big cat sounds <laughs> that they have? Like, uh, I'm like, wait a minute. These guys are werewolves. Why do they sound like panthers and, and, and tigers? This doesn't this doesn't make, make any sense. It sounds cool. Um, it sounds cool, John. Just go with it. Right, yeah, right, John, exactly. Just, yeah, you're just, you're just, you're just, yeah, just go with it. I love the concept of Full Eclipse. I think, I think, I think Full Eclipse is one of those movies that's like perfectly time locked. And yes. like, if it, if if it was made today, it would flop horribly. But it's because very it was made in like what 92, 93, something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Yeah, is that some? And then, and then they had a pretty good werewolf at the very end. They did. Yeah. I know I've seen that one. It's been forever though. I'm gonna have to go back and check that one out. That was yeah, a I staple I, on like the cable channels, like HBO and. Oh yeah, I was say I'm pretty that. sure you could. I'm pretty sure you can check it out on YouTube. I think it might be on YouTube. Okay, I'll have I'll have to write that down. Yeah. Did Holy you all? Clips. Did you all ever see that British one, Howl? Um, it's probably about five or six yes. years old. Was that good? Yes, I I, I, I did. Oh, uh, uh, werewolves on on a train. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, that one. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty cool. A uh, a, a train leaves uh, leaves for London, and they uh, end up breaking down. They get out to go and check and see and see if everything's okay. And um, and uh, they get attacked by uh, by uh, werewolves. And like one breaks in, and the werewolves in that film don't look like wolves. They look like they they look like like they look like people. Like it it looks like like they were transforming. And the transformation stopped midway. And so they looked like people with just gigantic mouths, uh, yellow eyes, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, weird, like, you know, like, like broken back feet and like giant claws or hands. And I'm like, golly, it, it was a pretty cool concept. That nice. sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cursed is another one from Wes Craven. Yes. Oh, I was trying to think Jesus. of that. Yes. Yeah. Cursed. I remember <laughs> that movie came out and it was already three years old when it came out. It was that's how yep. long it was delayed, and they're still trying to get a director's cut for that movie. Um, yeah, I didn't think yeah. it was that bad. It wasn't a bad film, yeah. but it just it it felt dated. It felt dated yeah. as soon as it came it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I was reading somewhere that they had a couple other actors considered for the part that Michael Perret plays. I believe one of them was. Uh, Michael Bean was actually in consideration for the oh, new role. Oh, damn. He would have been awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. And there was somebody else, too. Someone on that level. Oh, Robert Patrick was the other one. They were both considered for the lead role. Oh, yeah. Robert Patrick would have been good, too. Yeah. 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 All those would have been good choices. So the main through line, as far as like the behind-the-scenes stuff, is that Eric Red was not a big fan of Mario Hemingway. Um, 
And he was basically like, I don't really respect her as an actress. And I don't think she's, <laughs> I don't think she's very good. And she's like, she's like amateur hour compared to Michael Perret. So he, oh, would, he would like, I don't want to say bully her, but he would definitely kind of yell at her to get into character and like kind of stress her out, kind of like William Friedkin style. So, you know, he was just kind of like, I don't know what to do with this actress. <laughs> she's not very good. So <laughs> He would just he he would just kind of yell at her and kind of just you know uh, razzle her to get her into character and uh, he was like yeah I could tell she was just here for a paycheck I was like damn like <laughs> wow what yeah so that was uh, I guess that was the main source of tension between on that set was between the two of them mm. uh, interesting but uh, yeah very small cast working with multiple dogs. But I think Eric Red did a good job with this movie. He's done a bunch oh, of man. other stuff, like nothing like gigantic, but he's done a, a ton of other horror films. Uh, body parts. Yeah, he did body parts. I oh, love yeah. body parts. Body mm -hmm. parts is insane. I actually yes. watched that film for the first time when it came out on Blu-ray, and I was it, it. It's like peak '90s, like awesomeness. I love yeah. it. He did that 100 feet with Famke Jansen where the ghost, she's like on house arrest. and uh, That was good too. The ghost I of really her enjoyed that one. ex-husband is haunting her. I thought that was very clever. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's done um, Cohen and Tate, which was kind of like a, I believe that was like a crime film. I haven't seen that one yet. It's got. I haven't uh, seen that one either. Roy Scheider mm -hmm. and Adam Baldwin. Um, he's got one coming out called uh, No Man's Ridge, which is about. These five extreme hunters that go out and try to hunt Bigfoot, and Bigfoot just, what? yeah, and Bigfoot is just like massacres them. It's like one killing them one by one, like oh, Ram oh my god, like Rambo that, style. That's me and you, John. Oh yeah, dude, I'm down. I'll say I remember Eric Red shared some. Um, he he shared some concept art from it, and I don't know what I don't know what what happened to it afterwards. Like, is it is, is it still getting made? Yeah, I think he's still working on it. Oh, nice. Good. Good, good, good. Good. Yeah, yeah. Hope so I saw the plot line for that. I was like, oh, my God. Like, Chad's going to lose his mind. Both of you are going to lose your minds over this Oh, one. hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. So, yeah, you know, I mean, this movie is, there, there's no subtext with this movie, you know, other than the whole power of love trying to conquer the, uh, the curse of the werewolf, which I guess can be a metaphor for addiction or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah that that's kind of what I what I took it for uh, you know so I do I took it for as well but like you know just like you said he goes from a sympathetic character to just a complete and utter tool bag mm -hmm. uh, you know by by the time you get to the end of the films you're just like oh man but you know <laughs> it's fine I love it. It's absolutely well, fine. That makes it more satisfying when Thor just rips him apart, you know, and lays yes. into it, especially at the very end. Mm -hmm. Even though he's a human, Thor's like, uh-uh, this shit ain't happening again. You're no. gone, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to rip know, into I, your ass. I, say, I, I did like, you know, during the end scene, like Thor is just on the werewolf, and the werewolf is like trying to toss, you know, he's tossing Thor around, but, you know, Thor just keeps on him. Then they both go through a window. Yes. And Thor is and they they both land and Thor's just kind of trying to catch his breath and he looks up and there's a werewolf like just like fuck this. I'm just gonna <laughs> get up. <laughs> I'm just gonna walk away. And Thor's just sitting there. He, you see, you see his eyes like the look down, like I gotta I have to go after him. And like Thor pulls himself up and he follows in after him. And then by the time he gets to him, the sun has come up. 
Yeah. And then when he pulls out, like when he reveals himself, he's all jacked up, just like you said earlier in the podcast. And uh, he says, finish it or something like that. And Thor's like, okay. And then like kills him right there. And I was like, oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah that, that was great. Cause the dog was like, you know, kind of like looking at him, like, you know, you know, I know you're a werewolf, but I, I don't want to really kill you, kill you. Like, yeah, there, yeah. There is a second of that. And then, and then Michael Perry's like, no, just go ahead. Just kill me. And I, and I think the build yeah. up to that was it was a close up on Michael Perry. And it says he looks at Thor and he's like, in good time. Mm-hmm. and you know yep. like oh shit you know you know what the final battle is going to be it's going to be between the dog and the and the werewolf and i'm like yes. hell yeah bring it on yes yep. oh. yes yes diamond dallas page is going to be in no man's ridge what? awesome yeah dude well that's well i definitely gotta see that now yeah, i'm excited man. for that i hope that no movie man's comes out ridge. soon yeah yes so that's i think it's still in development though um so one one of the it didn't really make me laugh. I kind of cringed was when um, they're in the kid's bedroom and the kid runs back in after getting the dog back from the pound, and the mm-hmm. werewolf grabs him by the neck and lifts him up, and Mario Hemingway is behind the werewolf and just starts firing wildly at the werewolf. And yeah. if I were that kid, I'd be like, "Mom, can you not almost shoot me in the face?" You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah she must say she's like she just starts shooting and she hits like a vase. She hits like. You know, like she hits like a wall and like the, the bullets are just going everywhere. And I'm like, she's going to hit this kid for God's sakes. If this movie were made in like Western Europe, the kid would have gotten his head blown off. Like, oh, exactly. <laughs> and then, and then there would have been like art. Art. <laughs> well, you know, I was, surpri- I was surprised that they didn't bring in like the silver bullet element to it. Yeah. You know, they didn't even really bring that up. I, you know, I, I actually thought it was pretty cool because, like, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like, sure, a silver bullet will, like, kill a werewolf. But, like, you have to think. Like, there's other ways you could kill a werewolf, Oh, right? yeah. And, and like, you know, and, like, if you think about, like, massive damage to where it can't regenerate, like, blowing its head off of a shotgun, you're like, okay, you know, I get that. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, with uh, with uh, Thor, you know, with the whole, uh, like, blunt force trauma, you know, if, he, if you kill him when he's a human, you, like, kill him dead, period. You know, so yeah, I, I think this film kind of played a little bit, you know, with the uh, with the lore, you know. But I was I was totally fine with it, you know. What I'm oh, saying? I was so yeah, it didn't bother me either. I kind of mm-hmm. prefer that. I'm not a huge fan of the whole silver bullet thing. I think if you can do enough damage to a werewolf to take it down, then right. if you can catch it, you can kill it. Kind of like Predator. Like the Predator's not yeah. invincible, but he's so fucking good at what he does. Good luck right. trying to kill it. You know, <laughs> yeah. right, right, exactly. Well, like, well, like you know, it's uh, you know. Like, I think you could kill a werewolf if you blew it up, yeah. right? Like, if it's caught in a mass explosion, you'd kill it. But then I think Monster Squad kind of turned that mm-hmm. on its head, you know, where, like, you had to kill a server bullet. Otherwise, it's it's just going to keep coming. And I yeah. was like, yeah. oh, okay. So, so you know, like, I did like how they did that in, in Monster Squad. But, you know, but I was totally fine with it really just being, like, a supernatural animal that's based in reality somewhat. Sure. You know, and I, and I could I could take like it being allergic to silver, you know, like maybe that's why they end up, you know, uh, well, you know they end up dying. But yeah, the whole just needing a silver bullet to kill a werewolf was a little tough. Yeah, maybe like silver could like slow down the transformation or something like that. That would yes. be cool. Like if you shoot yes. someone or you make them take silver or something, silver nitrate or something, then it slows down the transformation. That would be kind mm-hmm. of a better use of it instead of being yeah. like, you can only kill me with this silver bullet. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? 
It's a little, mm-hmm. and I know the Wolfman, the original Wolfman is the one that brought that into the forefront as far as the lore. Um, but I don't think it's really necessary. Like, I don't think you have to follow the rules. Like, I like vampire movies that don't follow every single rule. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you see a lot of movies and TV shows now where vampires are out walking in the sunlight and people are like, why are they doing that? I'm like, hey, what are the rules established in this movie or in this film? And as long as they follow those rules, that's fine with me. Like, oh, they've got sunscreen on or, you know, it's a cloudy day. Yes. It's a cloudy <laughs> yeah, day. Exactly. I, I yeah. get that. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. It's just, yeah, establish the rules early on in your book or your movie, and it doesn't matter what the rules are, as long as you adhere to them, then I'm on board, you know? Mm -hmm. That's all that matters, really. Right. Um, But yeah, werewolves. Where do you rank werewolves in the monster movie? Obviously, you guys are probably going to rank them number one over vampires and zombies. Am I correct? Oh, well, yeah, me, definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, you you got werewolves, you got Sasquatches, you got uh, aqua monsters. (laughs) <laughs> and then you got vampires, <laughs> vampires and zombies and then uh, you also abominations. Have like, you have like shamanistic wolves, like in Wolfen, which are like oh my god, Native yeah. American curses or whatever. Those are pretty cool yeah. too. Which 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 does that count as a werewolf movie? Uh, I think that's like more nature's gonna fuck with you kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. But so we just get, we just we just get get high on peyote. Yeah, run naked along the beach thinking we're werewolves. <laughs> There's uh, a serial killer out, and it's a wolf. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, that just happens to be on Wall Street. Get it? The, yes. the wolf of Wall Street. Get it? <laughs> Get it? Man. Get it. Yeah, yeah. Man. But uh, I originally saw this movie... I mean, other than seeing it in the theater when I worked there, I would see bits and pieces of it and chunks of it. I saw enough to be able to form an opinion on i hadn't really seen it all the way through until a while back i bought a dvd four pack and it was a weird four pack it had wolfen bad mm-hmm. moon and mm-hmm. then it had the 90s remake of body snatchers and mm-hmm. coma with michael douglas i'm like okay two werewolf movies and two body horror movies okay whatever like uh, that's the same one i have nathan oh is it yes yeah, the same one yeah I love those Warner Brothers four packs. Um, but yeah, yeah. They, I guess they didn't have two other movie Warner Brothers werewolf movies they could access. Um, <laughs> that was it. Wolfen and Bad Moon. Yeah. They were like, this is all you need. <laughs> all, you, all you need is Michael Pere. Star of yeah. Streets, Streets of Fire, by the way, which is a great movie. Great um, movie, yeah. Have you seen Streets <laughs> of Fire, John? I, I have not. Is that the one with William Dafoe? It's like a greaser action musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like William Dafoe and then I want to say uh-huh. Rick Moranis, but that's Rick, not right. Yeah, Rick Moranis, Diane. Oh, okay, Lane, okay. Michael Pare, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I I was like I've I've seen pictures of like William William Dafoe looking insane, but like no, I haven't actually seen seen the movie. So he looking, also done so uh, looking uh, like William Dafoe and just regularly. Yeah. Right, yeah, for, yeah, for pretty much. <laughs> and, yeah. Another good Michael Pare, Eddie and the Cruisers. Eddie and the Cruisers, yes. Yeah, Cruisers. that was good. Okay. Yes, it was the Philadelphia he, uh, he, experiment. Was yeah, he yeah, was also just experiment. Yeah, he was also just recently in the new Full Moon uh, Miskatonic University uh, uh, film, which is kind of a semi sequel to Reanimator. No, not not Reanimator. Um, From Beyond. It's like a semi sequel, kind of to that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, he is. He was. He, he was the best 
actor out of the entire thing. And actually for a full moon film, it actually made it feel a little bit like their old eighties and nineties glory days. Uh, but of course, you know, you could tell where they cut the budget uh, here and there, but uh, yeah. Michael, Michael Perret always reminds me of like James Ramar. I think they're very closely related. He was in, um, he was the, he was the knockoff, um, Raiden and Mortal Kombat 2, but he's been oh, in a ton. God, yeah, ton, he's been in a ton of really good stuff like um, uh, the Cotton Club, and I mean, yep. it's just a really good character actor. But it's like these guys could be like brothers or cousins. Like they're so very oh, closely yeah. related. Exactly. Um, he, I think Mike, he also done a Yule Bowl movie. I think he, he did a bunch of Yule Bowl. He did Rampage. Yeah. He did Tunnel yeah. Rats. He did Seed. Yeah, uh, Seed. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Postal. He's done a ton of low budget. Uh, genre yeah. stuff, but he's a really good actor, and it oh yeah, very me... very underrated. He was big in the eighties, but it made me wonder why he didn't get more stuff. Kind of like a he's on the same level as like a James Ramar or a Lance Henriksen or a Michael Bean or a mm -hmm. Robert Patrick. Like they're all excellent, and mm -hmm. I feel like he didn't get enough recognition. Like almost kind of like going into the later nineties, early two thousands. I don't yeah. know, and I don't know why. I mean, he's really good at. I mean, he's the best actor in this film by far. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, you know, CG effects were still, they were still working out CG effects. This was the same year as like, just to give you an example of other stuff, this is the same year as like the Frighteners and Dragonheart and Mission Impossible and uh, Independence Day. Uh, and the, 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 transformation, the transformation sequence towards the end of this movie was a mix of practical and CG. And I was not a fan of that. No, and the director wasn't either. He said that no. in the in the director's cut, he cut that part out because he thought he hated it. He didn't he yeah, didn't like it. it. Was... Um, so it will never be recognized as one of the best transformation sequences ever. Um, uh, you know, that's just a victim of CG in the '90s. Some stuff was really yeah. good. Some stuff not so good. You know, I rewatched Dragonheart. I used to think that the dragon, the CG dragon in that movie, was amazing when it first came out. Now. It looks like a cartoon. It looks yeah, like yeah, it does. <laughs> it really does. Looks like even though I really like that movie, the the dragon looks like a cartoon. It just doesn't hold up anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. But I um, think, but but I think the acting and the story makes that film hold up. Oh, absolutely. I'm in tears by the end of that movie. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. The score. Oh, yeah. Everything about it. Sean Connery's great voice of the dragon. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I remember reading magazine articles when. It, leading up to the release of that movie in the summertime. is so hyped to see that. And they were like, this dragon's going to change the game. Like 1996 was a big year for CG effects. You had Twister, Dragonheart, Mission Impossible, uh, Independence mm -hmm. Day. Like I said, the Frighteners was, you know, a big one. Like they were really making leaps and bounds with CG technology. Some of it worked and they moved to the next level. Some of it just got left behind, like Bad Moon and Dragonheart. Um, right, exactly. You know, they were like, this dragon is going to be amazing. And when it first came out, yeah, because we didn't have a lot of frame of reference for CG. So we're like, yeah, it does look cool. But nowadays, whew, yeah, <laughs> the direct-to-video sequels look better than the original one as far as the effects. Um, did not work. It didn't, I mean, doesn't work anymore. But still a good movie. So it, it, it's there's something to be said about getting your script right, getting your casting right, you know, taking your movie seriously regardless of the tone and just trying to make the best movie possible. And so if you have some CG that doesn't hold up 20 years later, if you got a good story and you got good performances, you can get through it. Um, and I, I still believe that, absolutely. When Dragonheart is case in point, that's a fun movie. Um, and Bad Moon is a fun movie. If you put that on on a Saturday night, 
late at night or something when there's nothing going on and you just sit down there with some popcorn and a beer or something watching Bad Moon, how can you have a bad time? I, I didn't. Oh, no, you can't. Yeah. You know, unless you're going in expecting to hate it and pick it apart for, yeah, does it have the best script and does it have some shoddy acting? Sure does. But you know what? It, it wears its heart on its sleeve. It's got some great werewolf effects. And that's where that shit matters in this movie is that it's a badass little werewolf movie. Yeah, exactly. Even my wife, who's not a big fan of those kind of movies, she appreciated it before it was uh, when the credits had rolled. She 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 probably won't admit it, but she enjoyed it a little bit. Yeah, you care about the dog. You care about, you know, yeah. the dog's like looking out for the family. And that's the big selling point of the movie. You're like, all right, this dog is on to this guy's bullshit. Oh, um, yeah, exactly. Right away. And you're like, all right, man. So when the final fight comes, you're like pumping your fist. Like, go, Thor, go. Like, kick his yep. ass. Oh, at the <laughs> end, man, I, I'd already seen the movie two or three times. And at the end, I was like raising my arms like, like fuck, yeah. It's, I would put that yeah, like yeah. when we when we do our top lists for this podcast, I would do like top 10 moments would be Thor versus the werewolf in this movie. Oh, yes. As yep. far as just satisfying scenes, it's the mm -hmm. best scene in the movie, and it's one of the best scenes of 1996, without a doubt. So, werewolves. Where do you go from here with werewolves? We've seen tons of werewolf movies. Maybe not as much as vampires and zombies, but where, do the were where does the werewolf movie go? Do we go straight to werewolves versus Sasquatch? Like, what do we do here? Uh, I think there needs to be, like, a series... I don't know how you would go about that or what the storyline would be, but maybe like a family, like the focus on a family of werewolves. But like, what's the, what's the hook though? Like, what are they into? Well, what's their yeah. secret besides werewolves? Yeah. Uh, that's what, a... if, uh, I'll say, what if you have a family of werewolves trying to live, you know, or a family of werewolves that's been like ingrained into like a suburban ne neighborhood and then, like outsiders come in to like uh absurd them or like you know or like take take their you know territory and they have to try to keep their identity like you know secret and try and try to live their lives while trying to while trying to uh, while trying to survive these onslaughts i like it like it's a two-pronged attack they've got werewolf enemies and they've got human enemies yep yeah, and they just kind of have to res resort to to save themselves and their bloodline. They just kind of have to resort back to just being going back to just being a plain werewolf, you know. Yeah, and and, and what's crazy, like you know, like you could have a thing where, like you know, the reason why they they like moved and left is you know they like left their tribe because like you know, you know maybe they were just trying to be more modern, but then you come to find out that they're the last of a certain kind of bloodline, and the reason why these other werewolves are after them is because they want to wipe out their tribe completely. And be like the alphas, and they're like yeah. shit, you know. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Would you go like to try to make it like as diverse as possible? You go maybe like the Native American route. Or... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, I think I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. You could both we'll say you could even have like a native, uh, native skinwalkers versus like a European type of werewolf, or like Russian werewolves. You know, something like that. You know, just a just a to turn on its head. You know, you can have the Native American werewolves be more like athletic and like thinly and like and, and, and like like slender and kind of like almost a little like coyotes in a way and like the european or russian ones would be like these big thick you know bear like werewolves they've you know? got they've got the track suits and the cheap cologne and yeah 
<laughs> looks like all John wicked up. And the train, uh, yeah, <laughs> trains are We come to take your land, yes? Yeah, exactly. No? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, I think that I think that'd be pretty cool. You know, it just shows like you know the different breeds of werewolves, you know, that you could have. Yeah, I like it. That's that. That'd be fun. It's like a little bit of Ozark, a little bit of Sopranos, and you throw in, you know, Teen Wolf or or like Hemlock Grove or something like that, and just kind of mash them all together. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Damn, Hemlock, think... must say, must say, Hemlock Grove was another weird werewolf series where I didn't really understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I, I never watched that one. It was it, it, it was so long. weird. Yeah, it was weird. It wasn't your typical what you would think a werewolf show would be about. It was no. more. It was more just based on the weird family dynamic than anything else, and the werewolves yeah. were kind of a like kind of an afterthought. Um, yeah, like, like it was. It was almost like they were just doing. They were just being weird to be weird. You know, and like, what was the scene? Like, uh, the guy would turn to a werewolf. He would rip off his human skin. The wolf would eat the human skin after transformation. There was one scene where like, he turned to a werewolf, and he got beside this guy's face, and then a human hand comes out of the werewolf's mouth and touches the guy's face. And I'm like, how does this even work now? Wait a minute. <laughs> so you're telling me that he can that basically he's like a polymorph. In, in, in that scenario like it's not really a transformation he can literally go in and out anytime he wants if you're doing that kind of stuff like i said the you know the whole universe that they were establishing was just freaking weird super weird it kind of reminds me of like in the company of men with uh directed by uh not in the company of, in the company of wolves directed by neil jordan it's yes a, God, it's a, yeah a i forgot all about that one yeah that's a freaky one yeah, it was a little like that. Um, I I saw somewhere I could be mistaken that they're gonna do another Wolfman movie, like the classic Wolfman, but like Ryan Gosling as the Wolfman. I think really, dude, dude. I, look, too many people shit on the on the new Wolfman with Benicio del Toro. Uh, I like that movie. I don't give a shit. That movie was good. Yeah, it was good. I I didn't really. I, I liked the story, but the kind of the CGI stuff threw me off a little bit. Yeah, I could I could get that. Well, did yeah. uh did uh did you watch the director's cut? No, I just I went to the movies and seen it, so I haven't seen the director's oh, cut. Oh, dude, the director's cut is gory as hell. Oh, I have to check that out. Yeah, they there's a there's a scene where like he takes his claws and runs up under some guy's chin and his claw comes out of his mouth. Oh. Yeah, and like pulls and pulls half his jaw off. Like there was there was a lot of stuff that when I watched that movie I was like, you know, if this would have been in the theatrical cut, it would have probably not have been released in theaters because it was so gory. <laughs> yeah. I got to get the director's cut. I haven't seen the director's cut, but I remember enjoying the theatrical cut. I, I yeah. liked it. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Hugo Weaving and Benicio Del Toro and was it Emily, oh. Emily Blunt and, and Anthony Hopkins in one movie. Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. That was a <laughs> hell of a cast, man. Yeah. Seriously. Um, and there's another Wolf movie coming out at the end of the year. Um, I don't know if it's a remake of the Jack Nicholson one, which is which is a fun movie. I need to revisit that. Um, but there is another werewolf movie coming out at the end of the year. I think it's just called Wolf. I don't know if it's a teen kind of wolf movie. Mm-hmm. Let me look it up. Let me uh, refer to the uh, handy dandy uh, M- MDB. Oh, yeah, um, the go-to. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's called Wolf. It's got uh, Lily Rose Depp, George McKay, uh, Patty Considine. Yeah, it's kind of like a... High concept art house drama about a boy who believes he is a wolf. So I don't even know. If it's, <gasps> a, it's a werewolf movie. Um, could be. Wait a minute. Is wait. Is this the one where like he, they're in rehab? Yes. 
okay, yeah, they're in rehab for like gender. No, for like species dysmorphia or something like that. Yes. Yes. And this young man thinks he's a wolf and he's walking around all fours and stuff. It's yeah, it's really weird because like the one girl thinks she's a she's some kind of some sort of minx or some sort of cat. Mm -hmm. She's walking around like on all fours and everything. Yeah, it's really, really trippy. Wow. It's yeah, gonna, it's going to be one of those divisive movies. I'm surprised A24 isn't releasing it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know, right? The, the, <laughs> yeah, I must say, this seems right up their alley, along with the uh, did baby you all, sheep. Oh, movie. my God, that trailer for Lamb. Did you see that trailer yet, Chad? What is it for? Lamb. Lamb. No, I haven't seen that. Dude, mm. the, the, the minute I saw that trailer, I was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> this... Uh, this I think it's Norwegian. It's got Numi Rapace in it from uh, the yep. the girl with the dragon tattoo girl. Yeah, and uh, they're on a farm out in the middle of nowhere, and one of their sheep gives birth to like a half human, half sheep what? little kid, yeah. and they, and they raise it as their own kid. And the, and I think the woman's probably slowly going crazy because she believes it's to be a real kid. And the husband's like, it's not a not a real person. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's, it's a half like it's got the bot like the top half of a lamb and the bottom half of a little kid. And yeah, and, and like and like the and like the uh, the sheep that they have in the barn are like, hey man, you that's need all, to. That's ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And she, she's she's like, no, it's mine. The sheep are like, no, 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 no. We need that back. We need that back, please. <laughs> I'm totally down for that. I just yeah. I went to the movies recently. I forget what it was for, and it played in front of that, and everybody was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> you were the only one that liked it. <laughs> He was like, "Yes." Well, they yeah. weren't. They weren't like it sucks. They were just like, "What the fuck was that?" Like, like, yeah. like, like, holy shit! Like, there's all these other regular trailers, and then that trailer came on, and people were like, "Oh, like they were laughing, but they were laughing like, holy shit! Can you believe the trailer we just watched?" So right. yeah, it, it was crazy. It was it was uh, it shot right to the top of my list. I can't wait to see that movie. Amazing. Yeah. I love weird, batshit, crazy like European horror films because you know, yeah. even if even if you don't end up liking it, you know that you're gonna be interested most of the way through. Like, yes, <laughs> like Midsummer. It's not a European movie, but you know, Midsummer. It's not my favorite film, but I was like, I was engaged the entire way through. But I felt right. like it was about twenty minutes too long. Um, gotcha. Could have cut that stuff out a little bit, and it needed more. Were <laughs> it needed more werewolves in Midsummer. That would have been cool. Oh yeah. Unless, uh, unless, uh, putting people in bears, yeah, or just so sewing people up in bears should have been in a wolf yeah. suit, like a werewolf suit. Yes, I would have loved it. <laughs> Anyways, I, th I think we've gone so far off the track that uh, it's time to end this thing. Um, yes. So thank you guys for for yeah, talk, talking to me Always. about Bad Moon. I think we've reached uh, the here and the there of it, the long and the short of it on Bad Moon. I don't think you're going to find any other podcast that's going to go that in depth on a movie werewolf movie from 1996 that made one million dollars in the theaters. Right. <laughs> uh, but if if you're listening to this and you're interested in Bad Moon, you, if you like werewolves, go check out Bad Moon. I watched it on Peacock. You can get it on Peacock. You can get it on. I think you can get it on Amazon Prime if you have a membership. Otherwise, you can just get it video on demand. It's worth it. Yeah, uh, you can also get it on Tubi. And yeah, that's where I watched it last night. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, you can get on, on Tubi, Vudu, Crackle, and Amazon Prime, Sling, all the you know all, all the other streaming places. But if you want to be really cool and you want to help help somebody out, check out the Blu-ray, man. Uh, it's got some really cool special features. I think, I think it has a director's commentary on there. And uh, yeah, a lot of really cool BTS uh, stuff. 
Cool, so, man. Yeah, out and ch- check out the rest of Eric Red's films and keep an eye out for uh, No Man's Ridge, which I'm super excited for. Uh, Sasquatch versus uh, hunters, hunters, you know. Yeah, that yep. should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, y'all. Uh, let's go ahead and do our quick plugs here. Uh, Chad, tell us what you're working on and where people can find you. I know you're not a huge social media guy, but uh, tell us where they can find you if they want to reach you. Uh, I mean, you can... Uh, well, I, I run a festival in Chattanooga. It's called Nuga Underground Film Festival. Uh, we like the kind of movies that we've been talking about tonight, exploitation, extreme horror, action. If you want to submit Nuga Underground Film Festival on Film Freeway, uh, I, me, I mean, you know, me, you, Nathan, we're working on our love postmortem story. Uh, I've also got a short film, kind of like a, crime drama short film that I'm working on. Hopefully I'll be able to do that sometime maybe before summer of next year. And I mean, you can always find me on Facebook and Nuga underground film festival. So yeah, that's it. Alrighty, John. You can find me on uh dark dragon uh, on there. I have a link to all the work that I've been uh, currently working on. Uh, if you want to help uh, support an independent uh, genre filmmaker, uh, you should go check out my film, The Conduit. Uh, it's about four years old now uh, at this point, which I think is crazy. Uh, it's my first short film I ever did, and it's available on Blu-ray and on DVD. Each Blu-ray and DVD comes packed with special features, including multiple uh, commentary tracks, behind-the-scenes video, and uh, a lot more cool stuff. I'm also on Patreon where I share behind the scenes uh, stuff of me making my movies as my son is having a great time, honestly, behind (laughs) me. Uh, I think he just got out of the bathtub. And uh, of course, I just now wrapped up my um, I just now wrapped up my segment for worst laid plans uh, deep in the heart. Um, Well, the segment my my segment's name is deep in the heart for worst laid plans, a, a vacation horror anthology which will be premiering on genre blast 2022 uh it's currently being edited right now it's probably one of the best things i've ever filmed um hands down point point blank uh the actors were great everyone involved did a fantastic job and i cannot wait to show it everyone so uh you can also find me on social media uh dark dragon films the conduit and worst late plans and if you just want to get in touch with me just look me up john hale and i'm really easily available Awesome, guys. Thank you for talking all things Where to the Wolf. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, man. We'll get you all back on in here again for another 96 movie. There's plenty of shit to talk about. So uh, we'll see you again on down the road. Thanks a lot and take it easy. Yeah, same to you, Nathan. All right. Talk to you later, John. Hey, talk to you later, man. All right, man. Bye. And we're Wolf back. That didn't work at all. That was a horrible joke. I'm sorry. Um, Bad Moon. What'd you think? Did you watch it? Have you watched it? Since 1996, did you watch it in 1996? Were you one of the few people in the theaters that saw it in 1996? I worked in a movie theater then. I probably saw you if you were there. I would remember something like that. It was released November 1st, 1996. Why this wasn't released in October, just, I don't, I don't know. I just don't get it. Maybe if you have an idea, you can contact us on social media. Uh, Share, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Are we on YouTube yet? I don't think we're on YouTube yet. We need to get on that. TikToks and all that. Um, we're on the Real 96 Podcast official Facebook page. Just find us there. Search for it at Real 96 Podcast on Instagram, at 96real on Twitter. And if you want to email us, um, people still do that. 
uh, real96podcast at gmail.com. That's real96podcast at gmail.com. So that was Wednesday, three down, two to go. We still have the Frighteners and the Craft coming up. So don't miss Thursday and Friday. It's going to be a ton of fun with some awesome guests. We're knocking out these 1996 films. It's going to take longer than a year to do these. Um, We're going to be going into 2022, well into 2022 to finish this thing. So uh, stick with us. This is an archival project, a social experiment to see if we can get an oral history of every movie released in 1996, or at least every major film or significant film released in 1996, at least 200. If I can fit in more, I, I will try. But the goal is to be able to go back and look and see, oh, you know, there's an episode on, you know, The Arrival with Charlie Sheen. Um, I'm going to w- listen to that and get an opinion on it. Uh, it. It'll all be there, and it'll be there as long as I'm alive and can host a, a podcast site or host a directory for podcast episodes. So stick with us and stay with us on this adventure through the entirety of 1996. It's crazy, bug nuts, batshit awesome, and I think you're enjoying yourself so far, even if you don't want to admit it. I am. It's a lot of work but I'm really, really enjoying this. This is so much fun. I'm in my element as far as movie nerddom, movie buffdom goes. We'll see you again tomorrow for another horror podcast. And in the meantime, go watch a movie. It's October for fuck's sake. What are you waiting for? Go. You've been listening to The Real 96 Podcast, recorded in the bustling metropolis of Midlothian, Virginia. This show is a Genre Blast production. Now go watch a movie.